welcome to the Dietitian Dad Podcast. I am Michael Murphy, father of three, registered dietitian, and your dad when it comes to weight loss, nutrition, and health. No quick fixes or easy answers here, just evidence-based advice to help you permanently change your life. Welcome in, uh, episode number 55, the Dietitian Dad Podcast. Thanks for joining me, Michael Murphy, registered dietitian. Good to have you. Um, so this episode is going to dive a little bit more or back into calories, calorie counting. And specifically, we want to talk about when you should stop logging your calories, counting your calories, or if you should stop. And we're also going to explore if you need to count them at all. In past episodes, I have talked a little bit about this, but I'm going to dive a little bit more into it in just a few minutes. But for my smaller topic, weight loss support or weight loss surgery support, but specifically paid support, something that you either are paying for or your insurance is paying for. And what I mean by that is I'm finding that when somebody chooses to have specifically weight loss surgery, and to a smaller extent, um, undergoing a drastic change in their life, meaning a permanent weight loss effort, maybe not involving surgery, they tend to feel like they can do it on their own. And I want to say first and foremost, before I dive for just a few minutes into this, understandable that some people have to do it on their own. They don't have resources, they don't have insurance, and they may not have extra spending money to get the help that they need to guide them along. So they feel like they have no other recourse but to do it on their own or maybe find some free resources that are out there. But So I'm speaking to those people who, let's talk about weight loss surgery for just a quick second here. The people that undergo weight loss surgery and let's just use the term, let's just use somebody who goes to another country, which is perfectly fine. I have no problem with that at all. But typically when you go somewhere far from your home, to get the weight loss surgery done, you don't have as much support. It typically is a doctor that will perform the surgery and then you're kind of on your own for the most part, although they probably will offer some source of online support or maybe some phone calls, things like that, to uh, follow up with you. But after doing this for so many years, I really am starting to see the value, not that I didn't see it before, in follow-up care and utilizing as many resources as you as you can once you undergo the surgery, even before you undergo the surgery. And sometimes just a doctor visit isn't enough to satisfy that need to make sure you are absolutely going to succeed because when you have that surgery, it is permanent for the most pe- from, for the most part and it it has to be treated as such in that there has to be a plan to follow. So when somebody has weight loss surgery, they may pay nothing out of pocket for it. They may have all covered by insurance, for instance. My argument would be, again, if you have the funds and the means, you, you should definitely seek out paying somebody to help you if need be. Now, there are many resources online these days, people that will coach you, people that will follow you, people that can you can talk to once a week, somebody you can reach out to almost every day via text, let's say a dietitian like myself, um, or a health coach, um, even somebody who's had the surgery themselves who may have gone into coaching. There are a lot of options available out there. But I do see a lot of people thinking that they shouldn't have to pay anything for the surgery. And if, if you have insurance that 
that's that good and you don't have to pay anything more more power to you of course I wouldn't pay for the surgery if insurance covered it at 100%. Um, but sometimes these outside non-surgical resources can accumulate in cost, sometimes upwards of over 1000 if not two or $3,000, let alone maybe a plastic surgery cost, and that's far down the road. So there's costs associated with weight loss surgeries, what I'm trying to point out to you. And I firmly believe that paying extra money or saving up, or, or making sure that you uh, don't take for granted the resources that are out there to make sure you are permanently successful is absolutely something I would support if you have the resources and the funds to do so. And group setting or group coaching is much less expensive, and that's a great thing to do. Um, Barry, B-A-R-I dot nation is one such resource that I that is on Instagram that I've worked with a few times that I uh, really enjoy their content and what they offer. So, and and it must it would probably be a monthly membership, something like that. And you can go all the way up to hiring a personal coach who is going to work with you closely for not only right after surgery, but check in with somebody, somebody who you can have as a resource for long term success and support. Now, if you're looking at just weight loss and not weight loss surgery, one could argue that, well, most people do go it alone unless they're joining some type of Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig or something where they go to meetings. Um, but but hiring a weight loss coach, a weight loss dietitian, um, even seeing your doctor, somebody that you can work with closely, I, I wouldn't rule that out as an option either. Okay, so let's move into the main topic of the podcast. As always, love talking about one specific topic. This one's going to be about calories and tracking them and if you should be graduating off of tracking calories. Uh, speaking of coaches, um, Rob, one of my one of my buddies online, um, my weight is history, is one such coach and he had weight loss surgery himself and he asked me to speak at one of his um, Zoom support online support meetings and I was happy to help and asked me to talk about graduating off of calories, off of tracking calories. Rob is somebody that does track them for years and it was a great topic, and um, I thought I would speak on that on this podcast episode. So I'm, I'm good with tracking calories. Most health professionals are, and I think most studies do support that tracking calories is a good thing for people to do to continue to have success. One of the reasons I support tracking calories, counting calories, especially in the beginning, if somebody's just had weight loss surgery, if somebody's really serious about losing weight, is it will, it will show them the light. If they're in the dark, if they really did not understand how many calories were in a lot of the foods that were, they were eating, maybe they didn't want to know, starting to track your calories is the number one reason to bring yourself into the light from out of the dark. That is absolutely important and is something I would highly encourage anybody to do that is in the dark when it comes to how many calories that they are consuming. So I looked up a bunch of studies on tracking and, and I found some positive studies, of course, when you look up studies, you can find anything to, to, to meet your opinion, um, of which I'm not hugely opinionated on either side. But I did find some good correlation between tracking and weight loss and, and continuing to lose weight. But what I, what I didn't find was long-term studies. Somebody who tracks, like the aforementioned Rob, three, two, three, four, five years continuously and how that correlates to their ability to lose weight or keep weight off. Now, you would assume that like Rob, you can keep your weight off long term if you do count your calories because, I mean, how do you mess up if you're on it? But, 
but um, there really aren't a lot of long-term studies on it, just the short-term, of course, which I encourage anybody to do. But let's quickly separate the difference between having weight loss surgery, i.e. a smaller stomach, and counting calories without the benefit of the smaller stomach, because when you undergo that surgery, you can kind of automatically eat a few bites of food and push the plate away. So it's a lot easier to continuously keep your calorie deficit versus somebody who is simply trying to wake themselves up and eat less, even though their stomach is the same size, even though their hunger may be the same. So tracking calories for somebody who had not had weight loss surgery is, in my opinion, a little bit more important than somebody who has, even though the person that has had weight loss surgery should do it, especially in the beginning, because let's face it, if you know this, or maybe you do know this or not, you can have weight loss surgery and still consume thousands of calories if you are not aware of how many calories are in a tablespoon of peanut butter, a tablespoon of oil, or in your Starbucks Frappuccinos. So counting calories, again, is great for everybody to do, but even more probably important with the person that doesn't have the ability to let their stomach tell them when to stop. What I want to get um, point out, and this, this resonated a lot in the group when I talked about this, was that counting calories is not necessary to lose weight, and counting calories is not necessary after weight loss surgery. So if you are somebody that gets anxiety from counting calories, uh, maybe you have a history of eating disorders where you obsessed over calories, there are certain pockets and groups of people that do not respond positively to tracking Whereas others, no problem at all. They can do it all day long. It's just like flying. Some people can hop on a plane, no problem at all, fly all day. Others have to take a couple pills before they get on or go to the bar or have anxiety. You know, There's a lot of differences in every person. So we have to tailor our recommendations based on those differences. But again, you do not have to count calories to lose weight. If that is something you feel like you have to do or if a health professional is forcing you to do it, whether it's a dietitian or a doctor or somebody else, that's not the right person you should be working with, in my opinion. And I know this because I have had probably thousands of successful weight loss patients who did not count calories at all. So we know the positives of, of counting and tracking calories. We know that it will, it will let us know kind of in a, in a roundabout way where we're at, um, in addition to a few other positives. But what are the negatives? What are the, what are the side effects or drawbacks to counting the biggest reason that somebody gets frustrated with counting is simply because they're not accurate. They're not confident in their accuracy. As a dietitian, when I count or have counted, I'm not confident in the accuracy, and I'm someone who does this for a living. So where can we go wrong? Well, the number one, first and foremost, when you count calories and you go on off of a label, that label, I'm sorry to tell you, isn't 100% accurate could be off by 10, 20% right there. So you're thinking you're at 200 calories, you might be consuming 220, 230 calories, probably more likely more calories and less. You know, it'd be nice if it was in reality 170 versus 220. Never seems to work out that way. Um, another thing is if somebody, if some label says it's 100 calories, we already know it might not be accurate, but when you consume, let's say it was 100 calories, right? And you eat that food, there's a lot of things that go on in the body that may result in you not either utilizing that energy, calories are energy, based on a f your gut enzyme levels, even the length of your intestinal intestinal tract might affect it, how much gut bacteria you're producing to absorb those calories and utilize them correctly, the amount of fiber in your gut at that time. Um, there are many others, but for the most part, understanding that just because you drink a protein shake that says it's 150 calories, 
doesn't mean you've just consumed 150 calories. Now multiply that by a week and how many times you're off. You can argue that if you thought you consumed 7,000 calories in a week, if you had weight loss surgery, you might have consumed 10,000. You might have absorbed 11, who knows, any, any different number than that. So the confidence in the accuracy is a bit of a problem. And if we can't be confident in the numbers, then it kind of destroys the whole reason for doing it, right? And not to mention studies that have been performed on people who count calories and how they notice the differences in what they interpreted as what they thought, how many calories, the, let's say the scientists had a calorie um, level for the, for the day and how many the people interpreted it as. And, and, and many times they were hundreds of calories off. And as a former uh, eating, eating disorder dietitian, um, somebody who's, well, what I'm saying is somebody who's worked in the eating disorder industry with people and seeing day in and day out how that affects their lives, let's not even, you know, let's not even get started on how, you know, focusing on calories and obsessing over every one of them and how it makes you feel like you fail if you haven't met or if you over exceed the calories that you thought you were supposed to eat in a day for instance, or um, food starts to become your enemy. It starts to become a, a source of negativity in your head instead of a source of pleasure for you. Um, when, it, when food starts to become your enemy and, and negative, something you have to do and eat every single day, then life is probably not as nice or fun or enjoyable either. So we can go down into a depressive state of mind. We can go, we can go into some dark places here. Um, so... When somebody has these types of issues, obviously, there's no way I'm going to recommend that they count calories. Okay, so we've explored some positives, some negatives, and you probably have two, di two different types of people. You have your free calorie counters, don't really mind if it's not accurate. They just want to have an idea for what the numbers are playing out to. Just like when they go work out and they may say they may use a watch that tells them how many calories they burn. They know that's not accurate either, but at least they have a way of measuring. They're, they're numbers people. You are excluded. You are good to go. No problem at all. But then we have the other side. People that do find that they are frustrated if they're not losing weight. They don't know how many calories they're truly consuming. They don't think they're eating enough calories, and that's why they're not losing weight, um, or vice versa. So what do we do? What do we do then? Do we stop counting calories? Do we continue and push on? Well, I first want to say just listen to your health professional. You know, you can listen to me too, but if you work with somebody specifically, I always want to refer you to that person if it's your surgeon or doctor and talk to them about it. Um, but what I would recommend, especially if you had weight loss surgery, is that you do more of a head count. And it's still counting. It still has the term counting in it. But you're not using an app. You're not writing calorie numbers down. You're not doing too much math. You're, you're just adding the numbers up in your head, but not even calories. Not even calories. You're simply adding up protein. So if you had weight loss surgery, you know that if you eat, go to sit down and eat, you're going to stop eating after a certain amount of bites, not that many bites. So if your protein source is the first thing that you consume, and you are pretty well versed on what 20 grams of protein looks like, and you eat 20 grams of protein, then go ahead and just eat whatever you want after you've eaten that 20 grams of protein, whatever you have room for. 
Sometimes you may have room for nothing else, and all you had was the 20 grams. So in your head, you've just head counted 20 grams of protein. And if your goal is to get 100 grams of protein a day, and, and to figure out your protein needs, you can go back and listen to a previous podcast I did on that, then you know that you've just consumed 20 grams. So it, your goal is to get 100 grams of protein, and I promise you almost with certainty that if you only focus on head counting protein grams, you will automatically find yourself hardly eating carbs, sugars, fats. You'll eat them and you need them, but they'll be lower, meaning your calories will then be lower. We don't have to worry about counting calories if we're focused on the protein. And at least if we know that if you're going to eat 20 grams of protein, not to pour 300 calories worth of salad dressing or oil on top of that protein. But most of us already know that. So if you just focus on the protein first rule, head count protein grams, then the need to count calories, honestly, it should dissipate. There's no reason to do it. So if you're somebody that needs some guidance on, on, on what to do if you're not tracking, that would be my recommendation. At the very least, if you don't even want to count protein grams and you have no desire to count anything, well, then you can do it, but you really have to be conscious when you're eating. You have to at least acknowledge what you're putting in your mouth without obsessing over it, but understand that every bite you take can have consequences in a way that could stop your weight loss. So, But once you get experience and once you keep continue to eat the way you eat, that experience comes with some positives and that you will hopefully be able to just kind of eat intuitively or by counting, head counting protein grams and see the success you're looking for and continued success, by the way, which is what I preach, long-term sustainable weight loss so we don't ever see that weight come back on again. All right, again, thanks to Rob for the topic idea. Appreciate that. If you enjoy this podcast, I highly, I would love it if you can throw me a review over at Spotify, over on Apple, and give me a shout out. Let me know you love it. Let me know your feedback on it. It's much appreciated. Till next time, take care. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at dietitian underscore dad while you wait for the next episode to drop. And remember, permanent changes lead permanent results.